Good morning, church. Good morning. It's an awesome day. The weather is beautiful. Kings game seven. Maybe hour and a half, two hours away. Uh, so we won't be here too long today. I promise. Um, but first, uh, just thank you for this opportunity, Pastor. Uh, it's always a privilege to come and speak before the church. And hopefully this message leaves everyone full in some way. So would you please pray with me? God, thank you so much for this day, uh, for Youth Explosion, where we celebrate the, the next generation of believers, God. Protect them, mold them, fill them up with your love. Be a constant reminder that regardless of any circumstances in our life, God, we always have you to lean on. Amen. Amen. So, I don't know about anybody else, but Brother Calvin kind of blessed me this morning, at least. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't anticipating um, that, that, that bellowing belch of a song. So, thank you so much for that. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm qualified for this. It's youth explosion, and I'm still in the youth. Uh, I don't, I don't think pastor knows how old I am, uh, but again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, I was not planning to do this, but, um, I'm a shower singer and what we've been through this morning has kind of inspired me to, to share something. I think it fits my message this morning. Um, it fits what our experience has been this morning. So pray with me, um. Just a moment, and if you know this song, I would love you with me. And it's a simple song, and it just goes, I really love the
when, <laughs> when I think about when I was younger, songs like that don't make sense until you get a little older, until you go through something. And um, it doesn't stop. We're always going to go through something. So before I actually get into my message this morning, uh, for any young person under sound of my voice this morning, please know uh, God is with you. Our families are with us. And as difficult as anything may seem, uh, that support is there for you. So uh, this morning we are, we're in the first book of Timothy, chapter 4, 11 through 14. And I'm going to read this from the NIV first. And it starts with 11. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I think that's a word in itself. Um, but I also want to read it from the NLV. I think it, it, it's always good to, to circle back in any different translation. Uh, I found that it gives you a, a little extra seasoning sometimes. So from the NLV at 11, tell people that this is what they must do. Let no one show little respect for you because you are young. Show other Christians how to live by your life. They should be able to follow you in the way you talk and in what you do. Show them how to live in faith and in love and in holy living. Until I come, read and preach and teach the word of God to church. Be sure to use your gift God gave you. The leaders saw this in you when they laid their hands on you and said what you should do. That reads completely different. And for me, I thought the central message is there, and I believe it's to model our lives around being young again. When I think back on my childhood, that's having unwavering trust in the people responsible for me. The older I get, the more clear it becomes how ununique our lived experience are, experiences are at times. I'm sure someone else here today has a, a grandma or had a grandma growing up that always told them, just keep living. And I didn't realize it at the time, but there's so much peace behind that. And being young takes courage. It demands that you believe in someone else's character, values, and approach to life to help you shape your own identity. And that's an immense amount of faith. I think that's what our relationship with God should be modeled after. Today's text starting at verse 12 reads, show other Christians how to live by your life. I had to read that so many times because it's a call to action. And the crazy part is it's not even an indictment on non-believers. That's specific to this community. It's a challenge to model our lives after God day in and day out a sort of reset button to those who call themselves followers of Christ. It's a reminder to put our family in spiritual check, and sometimes I need it. And the most comedic part of this scripture is it's governed by leaning into people younger than us to best reflect God's goodness. And anybody that's ever had a job knows that when you're the young person, you're usually the least paid attention to, the, the least listened to. 
In a way, it starts and ends with the more seasoned people in our community. If we don't teach godliness and showcase how to walk with the Lord, all we see in the next generation is bad. This message is about going against the grain of worldly views and meeting all life circumstances with faith, love, and holy living as best we can. So because I feel like I'm still closer on the younger spectrum, younger side of the youth spectrum, uh, I want to start with acknowledging being young in today's society is not easy. I would consider myself youthfully adjacent still, but more and more each day it humbles me to process how much temptation our young people are plagued with today. When I was younger, I would argue we were in the midst of a generational technological boom. So I looked a few things up. We got widespread use of DVR in 1999. So now we got YouTube TV. You couldn't always watch TV while I was recording. You might have had to put a tape in. My generation got the Nintendo GameCube in 2001. It's plugged in the wall. You can't take it with you. And in 2002, I think a lot of people will relate to this one, we got the first iPhone. In 2002, and it had a whopping two megabytes per second of data. You can't do nothing with two megabytes. <laughs> and I bring all that up to say life was relatively simple. Uh, and in a way, that brought less stress, less pressure, more realistic expectations from life. But this is a totally different world. There's more pressure than ever from social media, 24-7 access to information. An all-time high of devices and applications that are encouraging young people to compromise on whose they are and lose sight of what you're meant to be. And that's a beacon, an ornament for God's kingdom. There's beauty in being a novice, but society glorifies comparison and flexing and showing what we have. But it's not by coincidence that nobody ever tells you what it took behind closed doors to get where they are or acquire the things they have. So um, I'm trying to think how Pastor always says it. I'm closing. I'm not. <laughs> We're almost done. I, I got three things to touch on today. Uh, the first one. I'm gonna call holy isn't sexy. Uh, the second one is how you present makes a difference. And then we'll close with you're a light in someone's eyes. Uh, so Paul is the author of Timothy. In his pastoral journey through the city of Ephesus, he and Timothy are reconnected in writing. And this book recounts Paul's instructions on the proper Christian walk. The text navigates how spiritual leaders should practice the faith, conduct worship, and ultimately reflect purity in our walk. And Paul's letter largely is motivated by the false teachers infiltrating the church and butchering the interpretation of law and gospel. Um, I'm thankful for this opportunity because it gets me out of my comfort zone. It makes me dig into uh, the book in a way that is unfamiliar territory and what I appreciate about this is <laughs> the Bible is kind of messy. Um, 
It's dramatic. And when you go through this letter from Paul, uh, you see that he's very direct. And there's some funny stuff in here. So, an example, starting at Timothy 1, 3. I, as I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. I read that as a very backhanded way of saying, get them out of there. Um, a second example, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. He's talking about that gossiping right here in the letter and urging Timothy to uh, respectfully get those folks out of the building. The chapters leading up to the fourth go on to give detailed accounts of how worship should be run what should qualify your candidacy for deaconship, and why Paul is drafting the letter to begin with. These were today's spiritual cliff notes. Uh, my first point today, a more fitting title is probably optics. Uh, starting at verse 11, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech and conduct and love, faith, and purity. There's a natural tendency to equate youth with inexperience or lack of understanding. Communication and teaching don't always demand words. Paul is guiding Timothy through a multilingual response in the text to the injustices of the church in this time. He's a young man called to glorify the gospel in an environment where many people are much his senior. This is not a unique situation. At some point in life, we may be forced to manage people at work that are older than us. In athletics, for the young people that are doing sports, uh, there may come a time that you are managing seniors, and you may be a freshman, or whatever uh, it is that you're doing at the time. Timothy is berated and in a state of vulnerability to harsh criticisms beyond his control. But Paul says, pretty much, get the haters off him. Uh, the charge of these verses is to live a life so godly that no person will despise your youth. But it's not easy. Today's media doesn't make loving God glamorous. Um, some young person in here today feels like expressing their love for God in some way can set you up for social failure. But I'm here today to say otherwise. Don't ever worry about how the world views you. There's a book that starts with B that tells us otherwise in a lot of places. The same book of Timothy we're in right now in chapter 2 starting at verse 5 reads, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all people. That's all you need to care about. My prayer is every young person in here can use that to navigate good times and bad. But stay true to your ideals and faith in Christ. We're halfway there. We're on number two. So picking back up at verse 13. Until I come, read and preach and teach the word of God to the church. What Paul is alluding to in this concise line is Timothy was to be devoted to creating an environment that studies the word 
and gets you so engaged with the text that you can teach it. But not just teach it, share it with so much gusto that it piques the interest of others. Has anybody ever seen the video uh, of a his black salesman? His name is Kenny Brooks. I might be dating myself a little bit. Wow. So I brought that video today to show an example of what our admiration for God could look like, should look like, as we walk in our faith. So Brother Cyrus is going to help me out. So we can rewind it, Cyrus, and I'll go to plan two, like we talked through. And we'll try to start this at the same time on a count of three. One, two, three. And for me, what I love most about that is he ends with high five, you qualify to use it. Every person on God's blue earth is qualified to praise him. And to me, if there's a way for us to, to honor him in that way and incorporate God into our lives that we can, with so much enthusiasm, uh, just show what his love looks like, that's what our job really is. One of our daily affirmations should be to maintain a godly life for others to see and then show them the truth of God's word. One thing we have to realize is as we talk about growing our footprint in the communities uh, we serve is how we present beyond the walls. That's having awareness that not being an example of what God's word has done in your own life doesn't mo motivate people to hear about the goodness of God from us but I know it's not easy. <laughs> Life is set up to let us down every day we wake up. And it's usually the smallest things that dwindle the candle-sized flame of God's glory in our lives. Anybody in here have a pet? Yep. Dogs? Yep. So if you didn't know, the Bridges household has a dog. I don't claim the dog, it's my wife's dog. <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of this dog. <laughs> Uh, he's been with us for about six years, and day after day, <laughs> it starts off never in a positive way. He finds a way. Uh, he's been in the game and still potties in the house. He chews up shoes. It's a small dog, so he barks at everything. And I find myself in situations sometimes just upset for nothing irrelevant and that impacts how I present to the world 
but for everything this dog has brought me through, there's a silver lining. And his name's Kyrie, like the basketball player. Um, he has taught me so much about grace. Is anybody in here know what dog spelled backwards is? Dog. Oh, dog spelled backwards is God. And I thought that that's pretty crazy when I think about my stupid dog. <laughs> because Kyrie is so quick to forgive. Kyrie is so patient with me. Kyrie has been abused and persecuted. <laughs> but still shows up with the same love he's had for me from day one. And this dang dog has allowed me the space and opportunity to navigate my personal situations and waits for me when I'm ready. Day in and day out. So what a teacher. If we give ourselves more grace, it gives us the opportunity to embrace God's goodness and reflect that in our actions to others. When we do that, it will ignite a desire within others, both believers and not. We know we've truly done our job when someone asks themselves, what is it with that young lady? What is, what is wrong with that young man? Why are they always so happy? You never seem to have a bad day. And the answer to all of those questions could be the same. Let me tell you about my God. So rounding third base. And we are out of here. Verse 14. Be sure to use the gift God gave you. The leaders saw this in you when they laid their hands on you and said what you should do. Our gift is leaning into our identities in Christ. I'm, I'll take a little time to tell on myself here. My reality is I don't give God nearly as much glory as he deserves and could never fill that tank. How I show up in my relationship with God in front of my family is not representative of what the text is guiding us towards today. It doesn't reflect how relevant God is throughout my day. I talk to my, my wife a lot throughout the day. I just call to check in on her, text. If I ran out of data, I would email her. Like, but we rarely incorporate our faith into those brief encounters. When I look at verse 14, it kind of makes me feel bad, selfish, because how can I be so quiet and meek about someone so good? Sometimes we have to go through something to remember just how good God has been to us. Sometimes we have to get to a low place for God to ring our spiritual doorbell and remind us what peace feels like. Sometimes we need a dose of life's untimely, humbling circumstances to realign ourselves with the master's power. And for me, that happened two Wednesdays ago. Um, some of you may know I was in a car accident uh, off of Gateway and Ventura Oaks, kind of off of I-5, and was a head-on collision with an uninsured motorist, no license. Uh, totaled my vehicle, but I walked away. 
bump, not a bruise, tender, no breaks, and as officials and officers arrived on the scene, they said, man, I guess you know what kind of car you're going to get again. I wasn't worried about the car. It's the bigger picture. It could have been way worse. If I showed you this car, <laughs> you would understand. And for me, that was the reset recently that I've needed. Um, so I share that because it doesn't take that for us to show God a little love throughout our day. For the young people, it's working on honoring God for anything good going on in, in your life. You got to sleep in a little, a little later on the weekend. Thank you, God. You got all A's at school. Thank you, God. Maybe you just got your first pet, and he's better than Kyrie. <laughs> Thank you, God. But whatever it is, no matter the size, it's about glorifying God's name and vocalizing that. And when we put our true faith in God, it makes a world of difference how we glow. So always let your light shine, showing the love of Christ, because someone can always see that difference in you. Thank you. Thank you again to Chris. Um, something that even stood out at the end was just talking about when you mentioned that ringing your spiritual doorbell, right? And just the answer to that and just thinking how many times God is reaching out to us and pastors mentioned this, it's just God is waiting on us, right? And so um, are we going to answer that door? Uh, are we going to wait? How low are we going to get in our, to a point where before we listen and respond to God? And so um, that's something that is really true for me, something I needed to hear personally for me. So thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Um, and I'd be remiss not to also say, uh, Chris, if you saw his shoes, he had the Travis Scott's, the fragment Travis Scott's on. He's talking about the dog chewing his shoes. If you saw his shoes, I can only imagine how upset you would be about the dog using your shoes. If you see his shoes, he's a sneakerhead. But anyway, I want to invite Pastor back up uh, this morning. Uh, thank you all again uh, for coming and enjoying. And thank you again, Chris, for your message. Good morning. I, uh, a couple of observations. One is uh, DeAndre's shirt. I only work out to fit designer clothes. <laughs> That's what his shirt said. I just I didn't, I didn't make that up. Ah. <laughs> uh, I just thank you, uh, Chris Bridges. Thank you so very much. Where'd you go, Chris? You're so, oh, there you are. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing the word today. Um, as, as we prepare, it's, it's, I'm winding up. Uh, as we prepare to go home, a uh, couple of observations. One, thank you so much for worshiping with us. There is, I think there's still cake and uh, tea in the kitchen area. So after we dismiss, after we uh, leave, Please uh, uh, head that way. Um, 
Renata, if I can see you after worship, uh, please uh, come and I uh, come 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 up here. Um, I had a deacons meeting uh, this morning, and uh, so uh, team deacon uh, deal is going to be working on a book. I'm serious, a heart attack. Uh, at, at least a, a working paper for our uh, our leadership conference, and uh, it, I, I just. You guys may laugh. It is humorous, but it's it's it speaks to what Chris, uh, DeAndre, and what we're all sharing today in terms of our faith, in terms of our walk, in terms of who we are, in terms of what's growing. And as Molly was Deacon Molly was speaking, I said, "What you're describing is uh, what what's in my mind right now is a chia pet." Um, for those of you who don't know what chia pets are, those are those little clay, ugly looking, and you, you smear a little junk on it, and you water it, and it grows. But it doesn't last, it dies. Um, Molly said, yeah, instead of chia pets, what we're really attempting to grow are bonsai trees. Think about that. What's a bonsai? It's a full-grown, fully developed tree. But it may only be this big. Maybe this big. But it grows and it sustains and it lasts hundreds of years. What's that got to do with anything? Everything, unfortunately. For a lot of us spiritually, we're watering chia pets. We're watering chia pets. And that's why when the sun comes out, what little bit of, it looks cute, but when the sun comes out, it withers and it dies. That's what chia pets do. But if you got a bonsai, it's an altogether different growth pattern. That's it. So good to see you. Uh, come on up here, uh, son, John, and uh, Ashley. Uh, uh, you just, I just, just caught my eye, and since you're there, don't forget to get that pocket knife in the back. It's sitting on the, yeah, that thing's been sitting there for weeks. Uh, this is my son, but uh, the, his BFF and my daughter uh, is graduating, getting her master's in criminal justice. Criminal justice. Headed off to uh, to march down in Florida. Uh, so she's been studying at distance, and so now she's going to march across the stage in Florida. Uh, why don't you testify about it real quick? Here. I knew Pastor would do that. I knew. I'm like, I'm going to put some makeup on. Let me look nice because I knew this was coming. Um, so yeah, I finally graduated after three very long years in this program. Um, I officially walked the stage on May 6th, super excited. And for anybody that saw the invite, it's actually 7 p.m. their time, 4 p.m. our time. But when I started, I was so excited like just to do this program. I, I wasn't gonna do it, but my encouraging, very encouraging husband um, was so adamant that he knew I wanted to, but I was nervous. It was, it's a lot of work. 
and trying to work a full-time job, take care of four very active kids, and a very requiring husband with all of his, <laughs> all of his business and everything like that. I just, I, I was super excited, but I just knew it would be hard. And going in, I was a little overzealous and was thinking I could take a full load, and I had four classes, and I did well. And then God and life had a, have a way of just telling you, you're trying to do too much. And he slowed me all the way down. And I felt so defeated. And I didn't think I was going to finish. I didn't, I didn't want to finish. And there was just no way. There was no way that John watched me work so hard for that first year to let a road bump just end it all. And I thank God that he, through John, made me finish. And I took my time and I did better this semester than I could have even come close to imagine. I'm waiting for a final grade, but I'm set to finish with straight A's and a 4.0. So. I doubted myself up until the last second, up until, I mean, part of me doesn't even want to get super excited until I get this last grade, even though it really won't even make a difference at this point, but I'm thankful that God reminded me that it wasn't about me. It's so much bigger than myself, and that even in all of that toughness, all of that difficulty, I, I could do it, and I could do it really well, and I'm not good at being proud of myself. I'm not good at talking about myself, um, but I'm so proud of myself, and it's only, only by the grace of God that I did it, but I'm just so happy to, to finally be to this point, so thank you all so much. We're standing, we're going home, uh, and Cliff Winston, if you can meet us uh, on... Uh, Tuesday at 10.30, we'll be meeting with the HVAC uh, team, if you're available, uh, Tuesday at 10.30. Join the hand of the person next to you. Our Father, our God, how we just love and adore you. Thank you for the sweet, sweet, sweet communion of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for grace. It's both amazing and incredibly indescribable. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for um, not giving us what we deserve. Father, because I know, and you know, I deserve help. But you allowed your son, who is my savior, to die in my place and to redeem me. But not just me, everyone that calls on your name. Thank you for this home, these women and men, these children that call City Church home. Their tribe, their community of faith. Father, 
open our eyes. Please, Father, open our eyes. Open our eyes. Father, let us realize that it's you, it's only you. We're not that smart, we're not that skilled, we don't have the willpower. Father, it's you and only you that is able to keep us from falling. And not just that, to present us faultless on that great getting up morning. Father, thank you. Be with us today. Watch over us. Give us your traveling grace. Father, let us be incredible witnesses of your goodness and your kindness. Thank you, Father. Thank you for allowing Aniela and William to come back to us. Thank you for protecting them. Thank you for grace. We love you and we praise you. It's in the name of your Son, our Savior, the Christ. Let every heart say, hug somebody, hug somebody.